Church online. For more information, please visit us at ourtrinity.org or you can find us on Facebook at Trinity Church of Wheat Ridge or even on Instagram at Trinity Church CO. No matter where you are today, we are glad that you have joined us here. risen. Today I want to talk to you about this that you've seen on a video. Wanted, dead or alive. Whether you're dead or alive, you're wanted. John Knox was a great reformer and he lay dying. His breathing was labored. It became very slow. And his co-worker by the name of Richard Benantine leaned over his old friend. And he whispered, the time to end your battle has come. Have you any hope? And John Knox answered that question by simply raising an index finger towards heaven. And then he died. When you die, Will you be able to raise an index finger with hope and assurance? Let's bow together. Father, the important question for each one of us today is whose will we be when we die? Into whose hands will be our life? Lord, you are the resurrection and the life. This is your word, your scripture, your hour, your time. You brought each one here to this moment for a purpose. To answer that question. Whose will we be when we die? In Jesus' name, amen. Is your fear of dying robbing you of the joy of living? We can so fear death that we can't enjoy living today. Turn me to Hebrews chapter 2. The scriptures are going to come up for you. If you want to turn in your, in your Bibles, you can, but you can follow along with me if you want to. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to its bondage. Jesus came to release us from the fear of death. Jesus, through his own death, has released us who through the fear of death had been subject to what lies beyond death, what lies beyond my time here on earth. He came to answer that question. How did Jesus do that? By taking on a flesh and blood body just like you have. 
and dying in order to destroy the one who has the power of death, which is Satan himself, and to take away the consequence of that decision that death comes and brings to us, separation without God. See, the consequences of our sin he took upon himself. And that's what the resurrection is all about this morning. With his death, with his burial, with his resurrection, he destroyed the fear of our own dying. Remember the old posters, Wanted, Dead, or Alive? How many of you have seen those, Wanted, Dead, or Alive? Now, I want to tell you, there's a poster out for every one of you. And you're wanted, dead, or alive. Go to Romans, the 14th chapter, and follow along with me. Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, verses 8 and 9. For if we live, how many of you are alive today? Here's the question. For if we live, we're talking about if you come to faith in Jesus, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. For those who put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ, then they have the promise, whether we live or die, we're the Lord's. Do you have that promise? Do you know whether you live or die that you belong to the Lord? How? Because he died. Because not only did he die, but he lives. He's alive today. Whose will you be when you die? See, we don't just come to the cross to be saved. We must come to the cross to be crucified. Galatians 2.20 tells us this, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's our entry into the resurrection. That's our entry into life after death. It was so for Jesus. First he died, then he was arose. That's the same for us. We must first die to our sin. We must be crucified. If we ever hope to be resurrected, dead to self, but alive to Jesus Christ. Have you made that transition from death to life? We're crucified with Christ. Not so we can live like the dead and the rest of the world, or to live in fear of death. But to understand that its fear has no power over us. Because we live in the hope and the power of Jesus Christ's resurrection. That first Easter resurrection morning, Mary saw something absolutely amazing. And I want us to take a look at it in John chapter 20. John chapter 20, beginning with verse 11. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white setting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain past tense. I want you to see this picture. No body, two angels, one at the head, one at the feet. Does that remind you of anything? Turn back with me to Exodus chapter 25. Exodus chapter 25, beginning with verse 17. 
You shall make a mercy seat. Now the whole scripture is not here for you. Out of pure gold. Two and a half cubits shall be the length, a cubit and a half its width. And you shall make two cherubim, two angels of gold, of hammered work. And you shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one angel at one end and the other angel at the other end. And you shall make the cherubim at the two ends as if it was one piece with the mercy seat. And the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and they shall face one another. The faces of the cherubim shall be toward the mercy seat. You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark. In the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. And there, underline that, and there I will meet with you, and I will speak to you from above the mercy seat. So what did Mary see that morning? The mercy seat where the atonement was made for people's sin was empty. The place where God spoke and met with his people now was empty. What Mary saw was that the atonement maker was no longer there. Why? Because he had made atonement He had made the sacrifice for sin, and now he had gone back to the Father, mission accomplished. And what's sad this Easter Sunday morning is that so many people do not believe in the resurrection. So many people do not believe that there is life after death. And if that is true, then Jesus' tomb, that resurrection morning, still had a body in it. And if Jesus' body was still there, then we don't have any hope of our body ever leaving the grave, simply rotting away with no hope of any resurrection. See, our fear of dying would indeed be overwhelming. So do you know what else would not be true? If Jesus be not raised, the whole Easter story I'm going to just trace through a few of those stories. In Luke chapter 23, we have the story of the thief on the cross. In Luke chapter 23, verse 39, we read about the two thieves that were crucified on each side of Jesus. And the one answered in verse uh, uh, 41 said, Do you not even fear God, seeing that you're under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, if the resurrection story is not true, then these words that Jesus said would have to be changed. But surely I say to you, today you will not be with me in paradise because I won't be in paradise either. That's the way you would have to read. Turn me to John chapter 20. That's a beautiful story of of, uh, Peter and John as they ran to the tomb that first Easter Sunday morning. And in John chapter 20... I'm going to read more verses than you have there, but I want you to see this. Now, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, and it was still dark. She saw the stone had been rolled away, so she ran to get Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved, which is John, and said, They have taken away the Lord from the tomb, and we do not know where they've laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple, and they were going to the tomb, and they both ran 
And the disciple John outran Peter, came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down, looked and saw the linen clothes there lying, and he did not go in, but Simon Peter, rushing right, right in now, went into the tomb, and he saw the linen clothes lying there, and the handkerchief, the face cloth that had been around the head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. And then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also and saw and believed. Now, if the resurrection didn't happen, this story would also have to change. You would have to read, stooping down, they looked inside, and they still saw the body lying there. The result? They would not have believed. Turn me to Luke 24, and you have this beautiful story of the angels appearing to the, the women there at their resurrection. Verses 5 and 6. Then as they were afraid, and they bowed their faces to the earth, and they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. If there's no resurrection, this would also have to be changed. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's still here. He's not risen. He lied to you when he was with you in Galilee. And see, I can go on story after story after story. And it would have to change if Jesus Christ is not risen. But you see, the reverse is true. All these things I've read, as they appear in the Scriptures, are true. A couple more passages. Let's go to Acts chapter 2 and see what Paul or Peter said after he had seen the risen Christ. In Acts chapter 2, and he gives this beautiful message. In Acts chapter 2, verse 24, he says this, whom God raised up, having loosed the pangs of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by death. And then in verse 32, this is what he says. This Jesus God raised up, on which we're all witnesses. Peter died upside down on a cross outside Jerusalem. Paul also, the eyewitness, was beheaded, and three miles his body outside of, of, of Rome. I said Jerusalem, I mean Rome. Now, these guys went to death believing that Jesus had risen from the dead. Finally, let's go to John chapter 20 and look at the words of Jesus to a doubting Thomas. And you may be here doubting today, and these words are for you. John chapter 20, beginning with verse 24. Now, Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with him. So the other disciple therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. And he said, Unless I see the hands and the print and the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and my hand into his side, I will not believe. And eight days later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. And Jesus came, the doors being shut, and he stood in the midst of them. Peace be to you. Now I want you to look at this, because he turns immediately to Thomas. Doubting Thomas. And he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here. And look at my hands. And reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Before this, why did Jesus allow Lazarus to die? Only to raise him up again. And stand there and declare, I'm the resurrection and the life. Though he die, yet shall he live. For whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Why did he do that? Why did he say that? 
Why do we have these resurrection stories in the first place? To show that running the show when it comes to life and death belongs to Jesus. See, when it comes to life, you don't run the show. When it comes to death, you do not run the show. Hundreds of years before Jesus, David said this in Psalm 89, what man can live and not experience death? That first word death means the grave. Who can live and not experience the grave? Then he goes on and he adds another line, and this is even more critical. He says, can he deliver his life and not see death? The word death there means hell. The word death, the second time in the Hebrew, is that word sheol, which means hell. So here's the question. Can you not experience death? Anyone here have the power to stop death that's coming to you? Can you deliver yourself from hell? Do any of you have the power to deliver yourself out of hell? It all depends on whose your hope is in. Whose will you be when you die? See, the Bible makes it very easy to answer that question. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that's you and me, that He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus, that whosoever, that's you and me, believes in Him, Jesus, will not die, but have eternal life. John 1.12 says, As many, that's you and me, as received Him, Jesus, to them He gave the right to become the children of God, he gave the authority to become children of God. That's you and me. Whoever believes in the name of Jesus. And then Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 says, God has highly exalted him, that's Jesus, and given him a name which is above every name, including your name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee, including your knee, shall bow. And every tongue, including your tongue, should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Then in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I, Jesus, stand at the door of your life, and I knock. If anyone, including you, will open the door and hear my voice, I, Jesus, will come in to you and sup with you and have fellowship with you. That includes all of us. Is your fear of dying robbing you of the joy of living? Why not settle that question today? Why not come to Jesus and live? Do you see God's love? Have you received Him and become His child? Has your knee bow and tongue confessed that Jesus is Lord? Have you opened the door to your life and invited Christ to come in and to transform your life? Come to Jesus and live. John 10.10 10 says, Jesus said, I am come that you might have life. Maybe you've tried everything and it is not working. He said, I am come that you might have life. You might have it in an abundant way. Out on the old cattle ranches, there'd be a cook shack. 
And every morning and every evening, the old cook would come out and there'd be one of those triangles. He'd ring that triangle and he'd call out, come and get it. Jesus is standing, ringing that dinner bell, inviting you to come and get it. Will you come today? You may never have a moment just like this one today. Jesus nailed himself to the cross. You must nail yourself to Jesus or die alone. Jesus was raised from the dead. And we must be raised with Jesus or experience resurrection without him. Let's bow together. Right now, I want you to forget about everyone else that's around. This is just you and God. You and God. Would you die alone? If you were to die today, would you die alone without Jesus? Would you be resurrected without him? If there's anyone here today, I'm going to ask you to simply raise your hand, just like John Knox lifted that index finger. I want to know that I belong to Jesus when I die. I want to receive him as my Savior today. Would you just raise your hand? Anyone. Is there anyone who would say, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure I've ever accepted Jesus. I want to accept him in my life today. This is your opportunity. Anyone. Come to Jesus and live. Will you come? Okay, one. Anyone else? I'm going to ask you another question. This is for those of you who have already come and you've given your life to Jesus. Are you walking in resurrection, life, and victory? Or would you be willing to say, I need a fresh start with God today. I need to start fresh with Jesus. I've, I've received him, but I'm not living for him. I need to surrender right now to him. Would you just raise your hand and say, pray for me. I need to, yes, thank you. Anyone else? So you got, thank you, appreciate that. This is an important time between you and God. He's listening, he sees your hand, he knows your heart. Anyone else? Well, I want to thank you for the beautiful assurance that we have that you are alive. And because you live, we can live. Because you live, we can have eternal life. And we do not die alone. And you will come for us and receive us to yourself. Lord, thank you for the fact that you, Christ the Lord, are risen today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Majesty, worship his majesty. Unto Jesus be all glory, honor, and praise. Majesty, kingdom authority flow from his throne unto his own his anthem raise so exalt lift up on high the name of Jesus magnify come glorify Christ Jesus the King majesty worship his majesty jesus who died now glorified king of all kings praise father son and holy not only is alive today, he is alive every day. Amen? So let's live like it. Let's not live in fear. Let's live with life. May you have a blessed rest of your week.